And hello! Welcome back to Feeling... Content. How you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm feeling uh, pretty content. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. Sunday morning, here we are, back again, recording. Cup of fee. Yeah. This time I, uh, uh, back to the Bay Area. Different, different beans, though. Not Verve. Phil's Coffee. Ooh, Phil's. Nice. What you got going? Ah, uh, Starbucks. Oh, okay. Starbucks what, what, what roast, though? Dark roast, French. Okay, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, anyways. So we're back. We're back at it after the 2020 feelies. Um, this week, as we mentioned last time, we're going to do Fear Inoculum by Tool. And I'm not even going to say the whole thing, but a live show from Dead & Company. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the album. But it's a live show from Dead & Company. That's but right. we're going to start off with Phil Inoc- Fear Inoculum. Not Feel Inoculum. We're feeling it. <laughs> feeling, but... feeling Inoculum. And now we're, now we're about to fear it. All right. <laughs> Here we go, fear inoculum. All right. Well, fear inoculum was my choice this week, and uh, it's a, by a band called Tool. And let me mm-hmm. give you a little bit of history. Do you know anything about Tool, Brad? Not really. I just remember seeing guys in high school that were kind of shady wearing Tool shirts that were black. <laughs> and Yeah, so so Tool, had, and I feel the same way. Like, it's gotten, it like, the band itself, probably also because of the name, kind of has this reputation as being, like, this weird, this weird group, I guess. I, I don't I don't know. But they're an alternative Pro metal, they're an alternative metal band. I kind of put a note in like kind of prog metal ish. Yeah, definitely prog rock. Yeah, but like heavy, heavy prog rock. Yeah. So three primary members of the band: Danny Carey on drums, Adam Jones on guitar. Both Danny Carey and Adam Jones are ranked in the top 100 players of all time of their respective instruments, at least by Rolling Stone. So these guys are guitar and drums. Yep. These guys are super, super talented. Lead vocalist Maynard James Keenan, and all three have been original members of the band since their inception in 1990. Wow. Fun little fact about the band themselves, um, Keenan and Jones, um, so the vocalist and the guitarist, were introduced by Tom Morello, the guitarist Ah. of Great Against the Machine. And what does the name mean? Well, I will just take a quote from the lead vocalist Maynard James Keenan, in describing what Tool is. Quote, Tool is exactly what it sounds like. It's a big dick. It's a wrench. We are your tool. Use us as a catalyst in your process of finding out whatever it is you need to find out or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Nice. Okay. Um, this this album, Fear Inoculum, is their fifth studio album out of five. Okay, when did it come out? Sorry, yeah, it came out in 2019. And it was their okay. first album in... 13 years, so... Okay, yeah, I was going to say, they've been around for a while. Do you know when their first album was released? I believe 1990, um, since their inception, So, or at least that's when they got together, so I'm not quite sure on when their first album is, but they've been around for a long time, as you said. Fun fact about the album, um, really just an accolade, they won Best Metal Performance, a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance for the song Tempest, and then they lost to Gary Clark for Best Rock Song, for the song Fear Inoculum. So 
they got nominated in a metal category, they got nominated in a rock category, like for as weird of a reputation as Tool has, at least from a critical standpoint, they have decent acclaim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to play my favorite song on the album, um, or a snippet of it. Nice. What was it? It's called Descending, Ooh. and it is a long track. And There's a lot of long tracks on this, and we'll see that with Debt and Company as well. That's right. And what's interesting about playing these snippets from this is that it's very hard to get both vocals and guitar, so I just kind of picked what my favorite song of this song was. All right, so nice. to me, that just hits, and I cannot help but jam on whatever headbang. I'm doing. Definitely a headbang. Definitely, definitely a headbang. I, uh, I remember I was yeah. listening to this on a plane, and I was doing some work, and I, I was like, I apologize to the guy sitting next to me, but like, <laughs> I, he probably thought I was tripping out, but I was just like, I couldn't help myself. So that's kind of what the vibe is. It's like heavy, heavy guitar. If you like that stuff, you'll like this. Nice. So uh, my favorite song was uh, Tempest with a Seven. (laughs) All right, yeah, so that was uh, Seven Emptus. It's Tempest, but it had starts with a seven. So that I really like that with the heavy, like distorted guitar. Yeah. So a lot of it is is actually like not really distorted guitar throughout the album. It's just like it's like clean guitar. It's heavy, but it's like clean guitar. You know what I'm I saying? Know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's like very crisp. Yeah. It's like they're playing it directly into a into like a computer. I chose that clip. I wanted to catch the guitar, but I actually wish I could get more of the drums. But I got a little bit of the drums. The drums. The drum. The drum. Like the 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 drummer is again. He's he's. I think he was in the publication I read. Twenty sixth greatest drummer all time on Rolling Stones list. And the guy mm-hmm. is phenomenal. He's really good. Yeah, I mean, metal drummers are by nature have to be phenomenal because of yeah yeah. All right, well, singles on the album. I played the first single that was off the album at the top. It was the self-titled song from the album name, Fear Inoculum. And then the other single that they released was called Numa. And I'm going to play a snippet of that now. So you kind of get the drift. It's yeah, right. It's heavy guitar and one, <laughs> and you kind of don't really know what Maynard James Keenan is is singing about, but it does match the music. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have an addition. Did you have an additional single you would add if you could, or? Uh, no, I didn't add. So yeah, so good good point. I just played the other single that we. That, that was on the album. There was two two release singles. To me, this isn't. It's very hard to release a single off this album yeah. just because the songs are super long and they're you can't really cut them for radio edits. Like they 
purposefully built long songs to help build and establish like this atmosphere that they're creating, which is kind of dark, but yeah. So no, no other singles. I think you just got to listen to the, to the album. Yeah. You didn't have any, you didn't, you wouldn't. No. Nah. Yeah. No other singles. Okay. Well, songs, the one song on this album that I feel like is kind of out of place, not really out of place. It's just, if you, certainly if you listen to it by itself, you'd be like, what the hell are they doing here? Um, uh-huh. because, because it's just a bunch of electronic noises and then it's really a drummer centric song but it doesn't if you're listening to this it's got a funny name too I know which one you're talking about yeah it's called Chocolate Chip Trip and if you're listening to the <laughs> album and you're kind of in the zone it's near the end then you don't even really notice what's happening to you until it's over but here's a quick snippet of it So you can kind of hear there's the drummer is getting going there, and I kind of like that song actually. I know it, so I know what you mean. So I, I guess I'm. It's a struggle feel on its own. It does. Yeah. It, no, I get it. It's yeah. like a skippable track. Like if you're if you've heard the album a bunch and you're just kind of going through it, it's a skippable track. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But it does. It does. It does. Later on in the song, like the drummer kind of goes bananas and it's kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah. Take it for what you will. Uh, Brad, did you have any uh, struggle feels? Okay, this is where I'm going to lay my cards down. Uh, Pretty much all the songs I, I struggled with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Numa, honestly, like when you played that clip of Numa, I kind of liked it. Play my clip that I chose. So what I struggled with is a lot of the songs just seemed a lot of repetitiveness and just like, it almost seemed like it was building up to something and then it never did. Like sometimes it did, some of the songs did, but like a lot of the songs felt like they were going to be something and then they just kind of kept doing or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they de- there's definitely a... Yeah, I, I guess I, I say this in one <laughs> sentence review. It's it's it, they're definitely building this like atmosphere with it, and that either hits right to you yeah. or or not. Yeah, yeah. So in my opinion, and this is I guess how I would listen to it. Right, the ideal place to listen to this is to really. It, to me, this is all about the guitar, and it's all about like the heavy, heavy guitar. And so I would recommend the listener turn this on in their living room on two very loud speakers and have plenty of room to just rock out. I think that's the best way to listen to this just because that way you can feel the guitar and just kind of let the the music take you and kind of get absorbed into that environment. But again, if you don't really like it, then you're not going to want to sit in your living room listening to Tool. So how about you, Brad? How would you recommend it? In your mom's basement talking shit on Parlor. <laughs> About storming the Capitol, hey, but not hey, actually hey. having the balls to do hey, it. This is not a political pod. <laughs> it just seems like some QAnon person would listen to this album. Uh, that that could be that could be so, but that doesn't mean I don't think Tool. It doesn't mean that everyone and it, they're probably Tool like yeah, but it just feels like that. 
in okay. my humble opinion. I think it's I think that's part of the stigma though about, around the name and like the and the shirts and the people that yeah. like right? Like it's not fair. Yeah. Like I'm going to start rocking a tool shirt and I I look, probably look different than maybe what you'd expect the average tool fan to look like. Like a tool. <laughs> Where did you have any recommended environment or, or way for the listener to experience this album? That was it. In your mom's basement. Oh, that was your answer. Oh, God. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just get to the one sentence review. All right. An album with an abundance of patience. It builds its masterpiece between aggressive guitar-piercing peaks and atmosphere-building valleys. All right. How about you, Brad? An album full of repetitive guitar with occasional glimpses of originality that usually comes from the drummer. Most of the time, it gives me a huge urge to turn it off and listen to other heavy prog rock (laughs) bands like Mars Volta. (laughs) Okay, that's so. Let me explain it a little bit. Yeah, because so yeah, like I said, there's sometimes there's some original guitar, but most of the time it's like really repetitive. The one thing that like made me want to list keep listening was the drums i thought the drums were really interesting and then yeah a lot of the times i'd listen to it especially when it was like being like really repetitive and it sounds like it's prog rock and i'd want to listen to like mars volta because it kind of reminds me of that i'm like mars volta is a lot more interesting i want to listen to that (laughs) no that's fair and and in in listening to this and getting kind of into like a little metal phase with rage against the machine too yeah I, I started looking back it, at the catalog of Mars Volta and wanting to listen mm-hmm. to it just because I love that heavy guitar. Mm-hmm. So I, I see how you got there. Yep. All right, Cups of Fee. I gave this, and I guarantee mine's going to be higher than yours, but I really like this album. I gave it eight Cups of Fee out of ten. All right. Hit me. Three. <laughs> oh, God. I knew you were going to give me a three. <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. Um, that's Tool, Fear Inoculum. That's Tool. And it, it, and I think kind of like the three you gave me, it wasn't for Strange Times by uh, the Gorillas. It wasn't necessarily that you hated it. And I didn't hate Tool, Fear Inoculum. But it just just didn't sit with me. And I respect that. You didn't, it, yeah. you didn't you weren't feeling it. Yeah, sometimes I kind of... Well, I listened to it a good amount of times. I tried to really get into it. Oh, I appreciate that. I just couldn't. But anyways, yeah, let's get into my album. The full name, I didn't really say it last time, is <clears throat> Madison Square Garden, New York, New York, eleven one nineteen live by Den Company. So yeah, Dead & Company is a cool band. Um, I'm just going to talk about them a little bit. It's more about the band than the album, which Dead & Company was formed after the passing of kind of the the leader of the band, Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia. And Dead & Company kind of pays tribute to the Grateful... I mean, they do. They play out of the repertoire of the Grateful Dead, as well as like some covers and stuff, but mostly songs that the... The Grateful Dead would play live. Although the Grateful Dead did release studio albums, they were known for their live stuff. So in Great in uh, Dead and Company, we have Bob Weir, who was in the Grateful Dead originally on rhythm guitar. Then we have 
the original drummers, Bill Kreutzmann and Mickey Hart. Then, uh, so this is where it kind of gets interesting. We have John Mayer kind of taking the role of Jerry Garcia. He calls upon Jerry's guitar style, but really kind of brings his own to it as well, which I think a lot of deadheads were who were grew up with the original group were a little skeptical of John Mayer joining and taking Jerry's place. But I think most of those naysayers have kind of been like, yeah, converted and really like John Mayer as the front man. Uh, well, Bob and John are kind of both the front man at Thetton Company. Where Jerry sang most of the songs, Bob and John kind of switch off. And Bob takes the part of Jerry's work, and so does John, depending on the song. And they sometimes just switch off where Jerry would sing the whole song. And then the bassist is a new bassist, Oteil. I don't know how to say his name, but it's like O.T. O-T-E-I-L, Boobridge, the bridge. I'm just, I'm just butchering this. Poor, poor, poor Udiel. <laughs> um, and then Jeff Comenti on uh, keys. And so the original Grateful Dead, uh, they would like cycle through during different periods, uh, the keyboardists. So they had kind of famed Bruce Hornsby on keys and then some other folks that were well-loved by Deadheads. But anyways, this album was obviously recorded in November, November 1st, 2019, as the title says. But it was released in 2020. Nice. Sorry, that was a long rambling about the artist. It was, a, it was almost like a Dead & Company song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we won't be able to experience it, but... Most of the songs in this album are like 10 to 15 minutes long. So, fun fact, John Mayer hadn't really listened to that much Grateful Dead before he joined Dead & Company. But uh, he was listening to Pandora in his pool or something, just chilling out. And the song Althea by the Grateful Dead came on. And he's like, oh shit, what is this? I, I really dig this. So, using his connections, he kind of got in contact with probably Bob Weir, someone in his circle or the Grateful Dead circle, and then eventually they decided to form the group, and that's kind of the story. Yeah, I uh, quickly on on John Mayer, when your point around Deadheads not being being a little hesitant about him joining. On the reverse side, I was a John Mayer fan, and I heard he was joining Dead & Company or The Grateful Dead, and I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> keep doing John Mayer things. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily, uh, I wasn't a Grateful Dead hater, but I just kind of knew they had this reputation of being a jam band that I never really listened to. Yeah. Um, so I think it came on both sides of the John Mayer fandom, and he kind of got hit on both ways. And I... I went to a show, and I know you did too, and he fits in, and it's also awesome to see him perform in any yeah. venue and, and with anybody, so it, it kind of worked out, although I'm, I'm personally waiting for him to just return back to his yeah. solo stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I'm curious to see how your view of this album plays out, but um, I know it was hard for you to enjoy the show that you went to. And honestly, I saw them, and it was kind of right when I was starting to get into the dead. And it's hard when you don't know all the songs. Right. So I know you hadn't really listened to the dead. You were just like, oh, John Mayer's in it. Let me go. And it's hard. It's hard, especially when it's a lot of jam stuff, to really go when you don't know the songs. Yeah. 
But anyways, my favorite song is the one that kind of caught John Mayer's ear. It's Althea. Love me some Althea. And uh, I really like John Mayer's vocals. One thing that I'll say about Dead & Company is Bob Weir, who's an older guy, so I think that's part of it. But his vocals can be a little spotty sometimes, and I think you'll agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes they really hit. They're pretty good. But other times, it's like, ugh, not, not too good. But I, the jamming, for me, outweighs it. So. so what was your favorite song, Michael? So I loved Morning Dew. Um, nice. Play a snippet of it. Walk me out in the morning dew today. Great, great stuff. Yeah. So th- this was this was more of a lay- one of the more laid back mm. songs, um, slow a slower song, but I Bob Weir's voice is really good in it i think it kind of has a nice happy feel to it and then i love both the piano and then the john mayer like guitar licks in between and then he finishes this song with this Mm -hmm. awesome solo i had more fun listening to this than i did the original grateful dead probably no surprise um because of being a john mayer fan yeah because we did an episode yeah we did an episode of me trying to convert michael to listen to the grateful dead and it did not go well. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to send you... We had talked about this while we were preparing for the pod. I'm going to send you a version of Morning Dew done by the Grateful Dead. And I think you'll really appreciate it. Um, where do you? Can you share with the listener where, what it is? Or maybe we'll post it on the site? Yeah. Um, it's from their... It's one of their most famous albums. Because it's a live album. It's like Europe 72. 72 or 73, I think. I should know this. But they did a huge tour in the early 70s of Europe. And this album that came out like covers a bunch of shows they did um, across Europe. And I remember, I think, because one of the things that got me into the dead was a documentary on Amazon Prime. Oh, what's it called? Long Strange Trip. Which, Michael, I recommend you watch it if uh, you get the chance. It really shows because they grew up in Menlo Park in Palo Alto, and they talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where we're from and uh, or close to it. And uh, there's a point where like one of the guys who was a roadie and I think did the recording for the song said he like Jerry Garcia started playing this Morning Dew, and he's like, I like had to like stop like, doing what I was doing. Like, I know I needed to record it, but, like, it was so good that, like, I kind of got lost in what was happening. So I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't wait. All right, we'll put it on the site, too. Yeah. Um, so, like, we usually go through singles. Like, we went through Fear Inoculum and Numa on uh, the Tool album. But this one, there there's not really any singles because it's a live album. And Grateful Dead, I mean, they probably had singles when the albums came out. But, like, they didn't really. But we're going to play another clip from Althea. Um, so hopefully uh, you like it. So yeah, um, it's really hard in this, and I think it was the same with Tool's album, to capture a whole song in our little snippets. But um, that kind of captures some of the jamming they do. And it's, you can see, too, it, it sounds like some of the guitar solos. I mean, obviously, it is a John Mayer guitar solo. So it sounds like some of his older guitar solos that he's done when he's been live. Because we've seen John Mayer like four times live or something like that together. Several. And, yeah. um, but it does have a very Jerry flair to and it. And briefly on, I want to respond to what you were saying about his guitar i don't know what jerry garcia's guitar sounds like but i like i can very easily recognize john Mayer's style mm-hmm. in this and it i love it like it it definitely like you know when he's playing and you can because he kind of has you know he has his signature sound mm-hmm. and the way he does things and 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 then i hope that for the listener right if you're a john Mayer fan like that's like a john Mayer's He's sort of made that his song, like right? Like it sounds like it's a John Mayer song. Yeah, and yeah, and a lot of people uh, among the Deadhead community are like Althea. That's a that's a top song, and it's a it's a like a John Mayer owns this song. Yeah. So as we always do, um, we go through songs that we were struggling to feel, and we both, I think, well, we talked about it before the pod happened. Uh, we both struggled with drums, and I also included space in that. And the thing about drums and space is a lot of deadheads kind of just kind of joke that that's that's the song when you're at a concert where you go get a beer or go to the bathroom. Cause yeah, just play a little bit of it. Yeah, it sounds like the intermission song. Right. I was gonna say honestly, it, it's it's it would be nice to go get a beer to that song, or or go get like a, a piece of you know some food or something. So like if you still hear it, but like, and it's it's not terrible, but it's an instrumental. So they play that at pretty much every show. I think it is. I couldn't be a hundred percent positive, but I think every show they kind of put it right near the end, and um, it's. Like I said, kind of a time to rest, as you will. Yeah. And uh, kind of get a little intermission. Um, but moving on, um, for me, the best way to experience this album would be, well, for me, especially in 2020, rolling into 2021 with COVID going on, this is a good album to listen to when you're missing live shows. But... In reality, with Dead & Company, the best way to experience it is to actually go to a show. Right. But this is the next best thing. 
you're missing live music. How about you, Michael? Where would you listen to it? How would you experience it? Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I said um, a living room concert with friends. So nice. get a little picnic together and bring people over. And that's, it just, if, that almost feels like such, such a desperate yeah. call for a live show that you'd almost, you almost wish that you'd also have, you'd be able to watch it on TV or something. But um, Well, you can. So there's a lot of dead, full dead companies on YouTube. Okay. And Grateful Dead. So, so there you go. There, there's how you do it. But again, you'd be sitting there with your friends, and I think for the first hour, you'd all just be saying different in different ways, gosh, I wish we were there. Yeah. All right. So uh, my one-sentence review is overall a good show for Dead & Co., but as with any live show, especially The Dead, sometimes the vocals fall flat, cough, cough, Bob Weir, and... But it includes great jams and a good collection of dead songs and covers. And again, I want to kind of reiterate on that or add some more to that. Um, that was my one sentence. But um, there are so many live albums that have been released by Dead & Company. Um, so it's hard to compare one to another. But... Each one is its own unique thing because they take from different albums of the or Grateful Dead songs um, and then uh, it's its own experience every time. But they usually include kind of some some of the same songs more than others. Um, but this was a good collection uh, of songs because what I usually do when I want to listen to a Dead & Company show album is I kind of look for songs that I like, but also have songs that I maybe never heard before. I like a kind of a mix. And this was one that had that, and I really liked it. What's your one sentence review? I said, highlighting the company in Dead and Company, while staying true to the Grateful Dead formula, this recording makes you wish you were in the crowd, and we'll have you buying tickets for the next time you might be able to. Nice. And... The company, uh, one thing we never mentioned, which I love Maggie Rogers, and she's she's on yeah. here. So Maggie yeah. Rogers plays with them. She came out on the stage for at MSG. She's really good in yeah. the songs that she's in. Um, Friend of the she, Devil yeah, I, is the main one. Um, yeah, and Friend of the Devil is, yeah, Friend of the Devil is one of my favorite um, Grateful Dead songs. Although live... It's not as interesting because you can't really jam on that song. It's more of like an acoustic song. But it was cool with having Maggie Rogers on it. And um, yeah. So, Cups of Fee. I gave it nine Cups of Fee. What do you give it, Michael? I gave it seven and a half. Okay. That's pretty good. Especially yeah. since before you were not. Not into it at all. So well, I wasn't into the Grateful Dead. I I I liked going to the Dead and Company show. I loved the John Mayer sections, but I also the circumstance of 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 where I was at that show. Like me and a buddy were surrounded by some kind of loony deadheads that that you'll get that. <laughs> it didn't amplify didn't amplify the experience. I'm open minded, yeah. but they they happen to not amplify the experience. So. 
Anyways, no, I I want to go back. Like I said in my one since review, I want, let's go to a show together when we can. Yeah. Hopefully, like part of me wants to say like, all right, John Mayer is gonna go solo and not tour with the Dead End Company, but something says something tells me like they're at least gonna have one more tour because they oh. missed a whole slew of shows. No, they they'll have. They'll just keep they're going. gonna keep going. They have a summer tour like every summer now, and yeah. they play a bunch of shows. And I think they did it like John Mayer did a tour like in between it or something, but like they are continuously touring. Obviously not in twenty twenty, um, but uh, they're a big touring band. But there is a rumor. So Dead and Company itself has never released a studio album. But there's kind of talks, which are very unverified, but, like, people are kind of questioning if they will release a studio album of new music, which would be interesting. Probably written mostly by John Mayer, because Bob Weir never wrote a lot of the songs. And I think Jerry Garcia wrote most of them, but a lot of them were uh, written with... uh, the lyrics were written by uh, Robert Hunter. Um, you probably nobody knows who that is, probably. But yeah, he was Robert you're, Hunter. You're, you're clearly going deep on the Grateful Dead. But history. yeah, but yeah. So I, that'd be cool. I'd really appreciate it if they released their own original studio album. But anyways, that's our. Uh, that's what we were feeling. Um, that's our week. That's uh yeah. So. Michael, what are you feeling for next time? All right. Well, I got a good one for you. Um, All right. My my roommate, Jonathan Sauer, uh, recommended this one to me, and it is Collapsed in Sunbeams by Arlo Parks. Okay. Wow. I have no idea what that is, but I'm really excited. (laughs) Arlo Parks sounds kind of familiar, but... Definitely She's not. She's new to the scene. She's new to the scene. Okay, yeah. I, She's new to our scene. Okay, nice. I'm excited. What What, what you feeling? Uh, I am feeling uh, Igor by Tyler, the Creator. Oh, cool. Have you listened to that? I listened to it a little bit, but I, I this is I'm excited to, to get into it. Yeah. I had a feeling, because usually we talk about what we've been listening to, and I, I feel like, I was, I was like, I don't think Michael's really dove deep I haven't, into this. I have not, so I'm excited. Cool. Well, listener, that's been our show. Mike, do we have anything else to add? Want to dive deep no. into Tool? Get into all the nitty-gritty no. details like I did with Den Company? <laughs> I think, I think, I don't even have anything else to share. Just listen to Fear Inoculum. Yeah. Well, so let me tell you more about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> now we're done. We are done here. Um, hope everyone has a great week, weekend, wherever you're at. And uh, we're signing off. Thanks, Brad. Talk to you soon. All right. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Nice.